what is up hoopers analytics bad guys bucket getters boosters blue bloods and truthers on today's episode we're breaking down the realistic possibility that we were right and and we've been right for like six months and that's right there was that was right we were right Hello, Hooper. My name is Tuck Clary. I read for Slipper Slipits and Busting Brackets, and I moonlight as Brian Windhorse sometimes on this podcast, asking the tough questions, hypothetically speaking, and raising up my pointer fingers and saying, hmm. 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 And hmm. if you hear those hmms today, joining me, he is busy on the phone with the other commissioners, asking politely and strongly, if they will please, please, please let him on in. It is Josh Linky. Let us in, fellas. Let us in. Also joining me today, fresh off of the news and the new back tattoo celebrating the 2013 championship of the Louisville Cardinals, it is Austin King, the Patino truther. Patino was exonerated. He was not charged. He's a free man. Bring him back to Louisville. Bring him back to the power conference, the mid-majors. Let's have Patino on a real true team. It wasn't his fault. It was the No, he did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong in the eyes of the authorities. That man is free. That's right. We have two Patino pumpers on the podcast. As Josh Linky also found Austin King on the dating service Patino Plus, where mm-hmm. they talk about nice Italian dinners, uh, horse races, and ladies of the night. Ladies of the night. I, you know, there's not many passions in my life that are um, more than Rick Pitino. Um, I just remember going to Yum Center, watching him twist his pinky ring in the light and let it sparkle into your eyes. Wait, Josh, beautiful, have you gotten to see Pitino in real life in a white suit? Absolutely. White stripes? Oh, Absolutely. How glorious was that? It was... It was everything you could imagine. What kind of threads do you think he has? Like, what kind of fabric do you think it is? Oh, that was the finest Italian silk. silk. It had, I mean, it has to be, right? Like, yeah, how, you how else do you so. pull that off? Like, and no, you, okay, this might be crazy. And I know we have to talk about Gonzaga to the Big 12 um, and us being right and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> right. but, <laughs> but what if Larenaga retired and like, you know, two years, and then Patino took over at Miami. Oh, Isn't that kind of where he yeah. should be? Yeah. Dude, get, you're combining the Godfather with Scarface. Do you know yeah. how cool that is? Do you know how much that rules? Wouldn't well, that be see, incredible? There'd be no reason for Patino to retire at any point in the near future because technically he's he Hyman Roth, Miami, bro. already there. Bro, that is full WWE, and in similar fashion, Mike Krzyzewski will be in the rafters, and Cameron just glaring, being like, how do I get back down there? <laughs> the The only other program I could see him at, which would be like a perfect fit, would be UNLV, and oh. just the absolute embrace of all oh. things sin. Oh, my uh, 
gosh. Wait, Can you imagine so Patino in Vegas? Like, who's Mo Green in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> like, like Chris oh, Mack. <laughs> Chris Mack. Oh, I also, I, I also love Chris Mack on Twitter celebrating today. It's like, yeah, this, yeah. this wasn't about you. No one was thinking about you, Chris. No well, for, first of all, can someone teach the man how to make a Twitter thread? Like, what is like several tweets instead of all together, like jumbled up in a mess? This is why he lost recruits. Um, <laughs> but OK, so what is the bigger sign that America's morals have backslid? The NBA, the NFL moving to Vegas or Rick Patino just being allowed to run rampant. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine the bags that could be dropped? I, I think I think this is just America truly embracing its freedom, Tuck. You know, is yeah. is is Richard Patino closer to Fredo or closer to Sofia Coppola in Ooh. the Third Godfather? He's he's, a, he's definitely Fredo. That's a great question, though. I think he's Fredo. <laughs> Okay, we we talked about this enough. I I'm sorry for having the B storyline of this episode be in the forefront. That's that's on me running this ship. We'll Fellas, do a bonus episode just on Patino. Yeah, we're gonna do a bonus episode combining Casino Godfather and Scarface in a way to tell the tale. Of Rick <laughs> wow! Please listen to three white guys talk about Godfather again on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is doing this. Uh, <laughs> nobody. What have they done to my boy? They met. They massacred. They massacred. And you know what? We massacred this news, fellas. Holy shit, we were right. Uh, if you have listened to the New Bloods podcast for more than hell, we talked about it a month ago, two months ago, even. We've been on this since April, folks. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga is looking for partners, looking for suitors, looking looking to get on the dance floor and have a little good mm-hmm. time. Wheeling uh, and dealing. Wheeling and dealing. It was recently reported by ESPN, uh, Pete Thamel, that Gonzaga AD Chris Standerford met with Commissioner Brett Yormark of the Big 12 about the possibility of expansion and the inclusion of the little Jesuit school in Spokane, Washington. Hmm. 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 This won't be a podcast of a bunch of bits and a bunch of gloating, but I will say, uh, did you listen to last week's episode? Because I had some questions. I had some questions about this pay-per-view event. And where did Commissioner Brett Yormark meet with Chris Sanderford? Oh, just at the Hyatt in Frisco, Texas. Hmm. Same city where the basketball game, the pay-per-view match of Gonzaga versus Tennessee, which we won't talk about because that game never, ever happened. Uh, Chris met with Brett. I'm on a first-name basis with both of them because I've been back-channeling, folks. I've been Mm -hmm. back-channeling tough. Uh, Well, they saw Tinfoil Tuck's ideas. Yeah, they're they're like, like, they're on to us. "Hmm, We got to talk to this guy. I think Tuck's going to get snuffed out. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if I die uh, with my car going 120 miles an hour, no, I did not do it. Uh, so Pete Thamel reports that Chris Sanford and Commissioner Brett Yormark 
met. The meeting happened in Frisco, Texas, the same time that the pay-per-view happened. And in the last episode, I talked about the fact that this pay-per-view was going to show digital footprint, allow Gonzaga to mess around with a bigger market to showcase uh, other conferences, what they're capable of doing. And sure enough, conversations were happening. Thimble reports mm-hmm. Gonzaga has spoken directly with the Pac-12 and the Big East about possible expansion. And this has been going on for months. Interesting. Interesting. How wonder, long have we been talking about this? I wonder if it matches a timeline that we hmm. set up. Um, what was that? Uh, seven months ago now? Six, six, seven. Yeah. End ago. of March, beginning of April. We've mm-hmm. been talking about this. Famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Famous reporting opened up further report. Also, if you hear any vibrations, that's us getting Woj bombs, but we are Woj. Uh, (laughs) uh, Basically, Famous reports that your mark is very interested in expansion at any cost. And he reported this because your mark has been loudly saying this any Mm -hmm. possible way. Um, he said this at basketball media days that, uh, he's open for business. He said that, uh, basketball will be a major, major pinpoint for him to be successful. And he says this folks, because he's largely worked in basketball prior to this. He worked for the Brooklyn Nets and Jay-Z's rock nation management that was largely managing NBA talent. So he has an eye for not only basketball, but the intent entertainment selling factors of basketball. Um, he's, he's very open to expansion and not just expansion, but expansion in time zones. He was very clear in saying he wants a fourth time zone for the big 12 to participate in. Um, that opens up geographical possibilities that many probably wouldn't assume for the big 12. And, you know, basically family's report, kind of forced the issue and had other reporters that maybe haven't been speaking openly about it or being or giving like a wink wink nudge nudge about some potential factors uh dana o'neill and staff writers for the athletic confirmed it's real but exploratory right now which is what we've been telling you this whole time Mm -hmm. the entire factor is this is exploratory but simply prior to now the conversations in the forefront haven't been in in the open and there hasn't been admission quite like this um mark few was asked about realignment after the warner pacific game and he says you're probably not doing your job if you're not talking at the end of the day i've always said we're going to do what's best for gonzaga that's no longer (laughs) that's no longer a question there's no ambiguity there there's no why would they do that? There's no reason they're in such a good spot. That seems pretty loudly. We're doing this and we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like at this point in the game, the WCC is not a home anymore. BYU's gone. St. Mary's, you know, let them, ha- let them run the ship for a while. Uh, Gonzaga also Dana O'Neill and the athletics reporting confirmed that Gonzaga is prioritizing angling, pushing, if you want to put it that way, uh, an effort to have all sports move with the basketball teams. Mm -hmm. And that's important because that kind of makes it clear what their preference is. And this all coincides with the big 12 securing a new deal, new TV deal. Uh, four days ago 
And Josh, you have a lot of specifics on what that TV deal entails. Yeah. So um, after the current media rights deal expires um, at the end of 2025, this deal will basically pay out about $31.6 million per year to the current 12 full members at that time. Um, now that that money is football based for sure. Like, you know, that's that the vast majority of that money is going to be paying towards football. Um, however, uh, another piece to this puzzle that, you know, some people maybe don't really understand is that um, there there is a pro rata clause for expansion um, that was only agreed upon by the ESPN component of this deal. And ESPN holds 63% of this new contract. Um, Fox owns 37%. And Good math there, Josh. <laughs> Thank the you. end that, that Fox is, is carrying is actually a lot of the basketball uh, content. Thank God. Yeah. So um, similar to what they're doing with the Big East, Fox wants the Big 12's content on their networks um, for basketball. Um, so and Fox declined to include uh, any sort of expansion clause in their contract. Um, another piece to that, too, is the ESPN's portion of that clause specifically only allows for the addition of a Power 5 member. Um, so hmm. if that's the case, um, that means that ESPN is angling for the Big 12 to add teams like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, which have been heavily rumored over the summer to potentially be targets if the Pac-12 were to continue to further disintegrate. Um, the Fox end of that, though, makes me think that Fox is driving this entire conversation for the Big 12 to be interested in Gonzaga. And as much as Gonzaga is wanting all sports to go to the Big 12, I believe the Big 12 is also interested in all sports for Gonzaga as well. So unlike the Big East, which we've talked about before, where they would probably want us to house everything but men's and women's basketball somewhere back west, um, the Big 12 is seemingly interested in bringing everything on board that we offer. Um, so what does that say about what Gonzaga brings to the table? Well, um, the Spokane TV market share is 73rd in the United States. It's not you know, a top 10 or top 20 market. It's, there's about 422,000 um, viewers in the Spokane market. And I will add, it, before I moved, it was 75, baby. We're moving up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, you know, proving concept with the PPV.com, um, as well as the streaming only uh, non-conference game that was recently announced um, on Peacock, uh, with which is Baylor versus Gonzaga. Um, you, you, what you're looking at basically is Gonzaga, like Tuck has mentioned before on, on this podcast, uh, Gonzaga is trying every avenue they can to prove that they can draw viewers from all over the country. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but Gonzaga fans are spread across the U.S. It is not just a, a Northwest only situation. Um, I'm in Arizona. I know Gonzaga fans in New York and Philly, um, you know, all over the country. I, I used to know several in, in Louisville, Kentucky, of all places. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of uh Gonzaga fans just all over the place and all of those eyes are keen to watch these games. Gonzaga did exceedingly well last year in Vegas against Duke on TV. 
They did exceedingly mm-hmm. well in uh, the tournament when they played Baylor and, and uh, UCLA, both games being two of the most watched college basketball March Madness games in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it speaks to the value that Gonzaga brings to these conferences. Yep. And, and another thing that you kind of mentioned, but I think needs to be hit on a little bit more is that having that extra time zone in those late slots for Fox having big games that people on the West coast are going to watch or people late night on the East coast are going to watch instead of just showing whatever bad version of sports center Fox is doing instead they can show Gonzaga, which is going to put a pretty good rating on the board. Getting that extra time zone is actually quite big for them. It's huge. It's yeah. So you're because everybody watches live sports. That's the one thing that people watch on TV. And so if you can get a team that draws and you can say, hey, we're going to put them on at seven o'clock at night Pacific time. Whereas before you were putting on some game either nobody cared about or you're putting on some random programming that nobody watches, you're going to want Gonzaga playing in that time slot multiple times a week. Yeah, right. you know, we we talked in pretty good detail about that, I believe, back in April when we first started talking about this. And um, for Fox, and, and granted, that was very Big East flavored when we were talking mm-hmm. about it, but it's the same story for Fox. Fox is trying to build out, um, you know, a rival college basketball profile to what ESPN offers. And, you know, let's be real. I think we all, all three of us, appreciate what Fox offers as far as quality when it comes to their presentation of college basketball. It is better than ESPN's. Yeah. I, and I don't even think that's like, yeah, there's, there's no argument there. I think for most people who've watched both networks, like Fox basketball is just better at this point. And, you know, guys, there's one thing I learned from us being right for six months, seven months. It's that we got to be bolder. We got to be louder. Uh, look, uh i i i have uh i have put my my finger into the wind so to speak i have let out the birds and the birds have came back uh fox is running this like this is fox uh we've talked about it in previous episodes josh alluded to the fact that it was it was largely fox pushing this that's a hundred percent true like there's zero doubt that fox is the main reason that uh, this is like a viable possibility where Gonzaga will go from team that in the salt solid state that college football was in five to 10 years ago, where Gonzaga wasn't a viable option to join these conferences. And now after, you know, four or five years of being consistently in the top five in college basketball, now they are, and people are reeling Gonzaga gets their pick. And, that's really odd. That's not, if you were to tell me 10 years ago that, yeah, at the Pac-12 was kind of going to say, oh shit, maybe we need Gonzaga or the big six was- months ago, we were yes. like, that's not going to happen. And we weren't wrong because nobody saw USC and UCLA leaving. And that's what transformed conference realignment. Before, before UCLA and USC announced that they were leaving uh, for the big 10, there was literally no one who thought that was happening. No one. It was absolutely, completely, the world was blindsided the day that news was announced. Even Colin Cowherd, who has 
seemingly a phone to the USC president's office sitting next well, to him. That's for all. propaganda purposes. but Yeah, but <laughs> I, either way, uh, he had no idea about this until the moment it happened. Like this was one of the best kept secrets in realignment, you know, college football realignment history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one, one piece of this that I really want to throw out there uh, that I don't think anyone is really thinking about losing UCLA basketball for the PAC 12 is absolutely catastrophic for that basketball. Massive and incredible. Like, the a total the, devastation beyond the history, beyond the the glory that is UCLA basketball from the from years past, you are looking at probably one of the top five, seven brands in college basketball that is leaving your conference, a conference that already struggles in the in the basketball arena. We're, we're talking about everything. yeah, I mean. Arizona is the only other program in the Pac-12 that's really worth anything for basketball at this point. And so, like, you could make the argument that a Pac-12 without USC and UCLA is basically a mid-major. Oh, easily. Arizona easily. Was it is leave. a mid-major. Oh, my uh, goodness. Like like Josh, and, and I think you're absolutely right in terms of uh, the dollar sign aspect of this, especially, yes, also, UCLA is probably the best basketball program by far, talent-wise. But to add to that, um, that is not to minimize the fact that with UCLA, you are losing what is perennially a top three program also. Like, losing USC, losing is a, a school that legitimately has had some of the most exciting talent come through their program, mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't necessarily have the regulatory bodies, wink, wink, nod, nod, that UCLA has. <laughs> uh, that's massive, too, because now you have Arizona and Oregon. And what has and Oregon it. done lately? And, and there is a there is a I don't I don't even know if I want to how, how do I say this eloquently there is a massive gulf between Arizona and Oregon as Huge. a college basketball program period we not just care about the success on the court we're just talking about as programs and their footprint and importance yeah, dude absolutely. I you know Tuck and I live here in Portland. People do not care about Oregon basketball. No, they it's care about wild. Oregon football. They don't care at all it's, about Oregon basketball. It gets basketball. so quiet about Oregon athletics as soon as football season is over. Yeah, they don't care. They do not care. That's that's sad. And it's like, you know, Nike, Nike has done everything in their power to make Oregon a basketball school. Um, yeah. I mean, how many times have they offered Mark Few a, a job? Mm-hmm. Like – we're, we're talking like several at this point. It's not one. It's not two. It's I, not three. I mean, it's the only hope for Oregon really if Bronny comes to like revitalize and like get LeBron just just for vibes for, for a year brand. for a year. Not, That's what I mean to yeah. boost the brand. That's the only way I can envision the nation caring about Oregon basketball. Is there any more stick in the mud head coach than Dana Altman? In college basketball, like people well, say I mean, that about college, Mark Few, but I mean, college I, basketball is full of stick in the mud. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't like, know. Dana Altman, they win, they win more. Uh, the other Honestly, sticks win more. I think Mick Cronin has better vibes than Dana Altman. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear do. me say a nice thing about uh, Dana Altman, Josh. Uh, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I did not know Mick Cronin had 
positive vibes to offer. To the vibe, Mick. I, learning, I would even go as far. This is Mr. Not, Mr. Uh, believes in Santa Claus, Mick's credit. Okay. <laughs> I would I would even go as far, and this is not at all a knock on his program um, or the sport in general because I love it, but Kelly Graves and the women's basketball program at Oregon is better and more special and more – I think appreciated by Oregon fans and the men's program. Oh, people care more about Sabrina than they care about any player that's ever played yeah. on the Oregon men's Probably. basketball team. Who's your option? Dylan Brooks or Aaron Brooks? Yeah, no one cares. Friend, Jones, of the, friend of the podcast, I might add, Kelly Graves. Yeah. Okay, to get back on track, uh, even though <laughs> I love talking trash about Oregon and why – why this is so important for the big 12 to look at Gonzaga is because Gonzaga and San Diego state are the two clearest options for the pac 12 to try to solidify themselves and not have more teams poached. Gonzaga is 100% a chess piece in this game of conference realignment. And if the big 12 can strike against the pac 12 and they can't solidify themselves at all, then that means Oregon's more likely to leave. That means Washington's more likely to leave. That means that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, those are teams that are very much up for grabs. And the Big 12 absolutely wants the Arizona schools, and they absolutely want Utah, and they want Colorado. And if they can easily solidify themselves as the third biggest conference and eliminate the Pac-12, while taking out the two best options for them to still exist, then they're going to do it. Yeah. And like, not just that, but think about how terrible that, like that conference sounds legitimately like an incredible Maui invitation field. That's how deep that conference is. Or the PKI or something. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 greatest tournament. Yeah. We're talking about a sweet 16 in a conference where, You have, obviously, the already established Big 12 teams of Baylor, Kansas, Houston, um, Texas Christian, obviously, Texas Tech. Yeah. And then you add Gonzaga, who's, as we mentioned, as every listener of this podcast knows, top three program in the country year after year after year. You add San Diego State and... San Diego State is like legitimately like the most consistent facet of the Mountain West by far. And, you know, who knows what they've become in terms of the like joining a power five conference and having that kind of resources that that's a that's a program changer. And that's already a program that's been clearly on the rise and consistently a top 40 program, top 30 program. I It's just. And then the idea that you add Arizona, like, it's not close what the other conferences can offer in terms of basketball. So I spent the last, well, I spent three hours today working on a spreadsheet because I I just had this, last night, Austin and I had this conversation on, on our spaces about the the strength of schedule difference between the big East and the big 12. We played a little game. Me and Anya had an argument. It was, it was a lot of fun actually. Um, But that being said, there were some really interesting things that I uncovered 
when I looked at the data um, and I, what I did was I pulled 10 years of Ken Palm data for every single team in the big 12, the PAC 12, uh, the big East, as well as potential expansion opportunities like Gonzaga or San Diego state. And I, I think that really what is super interesting about this, the big 12 is widely viewed for the last several years at this point as being the best basketball conference in America, right? Undoubtedly. Kansas has been as consistent as any program in the nation during that run. I mean, we're talking that their average ranking during from, from 2013 through 2022 is basically 9.3 in Ken Palm. They have rankings in that span of one, three multiple times, six, seven, eight, on and on and on. Gonzaga beats Kansas in the average Ken Palm ranking during that span. From 2013 to 2022, Gonzaga's average ranking is 7.4 in Ken Palm. They would immediately be the best program in the Big 12 by historical data during the period of time when the Big 12 has been stated to be the best conference in America for college basketball. Before you come at Josh, remember, those are adjusted rankings against the opponent. They are. However, I was looking into this a little bit deeper. The next best program in the Big 12, if you were to to put that program into the matrix, is Arizona. Arizona would be 23.2. In the Big 12, the only other program that comes close is, is Baylor. And uh, they were at 18.3. That's it. There's nobody else even in the realm. And that just shows you how much Arizona and Gonzaga joining the Big 12, what that would do to bolster the strength of that conference. Like, this is, this is big time for college basketball. I'm not ready to see Tommy Lloyd on the other side of the court. Could you imagine the storylines every Uh, single year? Yeah, they're going to hurt. (laughs) Yeah, but this is something we talked about in the spaces, but I don't think can be underrated is that if you have Gonzaga, Arizona in the Big 12, all of a sudden every single week, and this is not even being hyperbolic, you are likely to have a top 10 matchup on Fox in your conference every week. You're basically guaranteed a top 10 matchup every week. Yeah. Now, I'm not ready to pour water on this in a drastic way, but my wind horse, my wind horseness is tingling. My wind mm-hmm. horse senses are tingling. Uh, why? Why is this coming out right now? Good question, Tuck. Why would they do this? Why would they do this? Why is the Big 12 braving the storm and being the first ones to come out and be like, yeah, we had a combo. What about it? Yeah. What do you want to know about it? This now, was clearly from the Big 12, by the way, not from Gonzaga. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If it was if it was Gonzaga, it would be a different reporter, as mm-hmm. Austin is mentioning spaces, and I'm sure Josh corroborated. And I have to wonder, is is this really suiting Gonzaga or is this also bully balling the Pac-12 into making that's, some risky moves. That's that. what it is. This is this is all about um, pushing the buttons that the Pac-12 has left to try to continue to 
woo in some form, although it's more like strong arm at this point, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah into potentially one of them jumping ship first. Because if one does, it it immediately breaks open the damn wall. Mm-hmm. And there is there is no there's nothing that can stop the Pac-12 from falling apart at that point. There's no there's no way the Pac-12 is going to stay together with six teams. There's no, no way oh. that um, that Oregon and Washington. For, first of all, there's no way they're going to say no to the Big Ten when the Big Ten calls. Like they're gone. Everybody knows. Same that. with Stanford. Stanford is going when Notre Dame goes to the Big Ten. That will I, happen. Honestly, at this point in time. The, the Pac-12 has been heavily focused. I think Ken, Ken Zano talked about this today, has been heavily focused on adding San Diego State uh, because of their burgeoning young football program, their newly New appointed um, doctorate programs that they can offer thanks to the change in laws in California where Cal State schools can now offer doctorates, which they couldn't before. Um, you know, all of these things make San Diego State in the fact that they're losing their two Southern California schools, like you need a footprint in Southern California for the PAC 12, right? San Diego state is like the most tantalizing prospect there for them. The big 12 could very easily put a wrench in that and say, "Mm, we want San Diego state. We want Gonzaga and San Diego state to expand that West coast Fox TV market. We want San Diego State also because outside of the top four teams in the Big 12, San Diego State would be the fifth highest rated school, according to Ken Palm, over the last 10 years in the Big 12. That that blew my mind when I saw that because I did not realize that San Diego State has put up those kind of consistent, solid numbers for 10 years in a row under two different coaches mm-hmm. in the Mountain West. And that just speaks volumes to what is potentially here for the Big 12. The Big 12's West Coast footprint is going to be spectacular if they can add Gonzaga, San Diego State, potentially Arizona. And there wouldn't be a West Coast league that would be run horribly. That's true. I mean, it cannot be underestimated how poorly the Pac-12 has been run over the last 20 years there's been one good decision that they've made and that decision was bringing in utah and colorado and that's literally it that's it yeah they've done nothing else right the pac-12 network is and was a disaster of epic proportions a complete disaster people cannot watch that network everyone even bill walton hates it The yeah, man loves the Pac-12 and hates the Pac-12 network. It's terrible. I, yeah. you know, last night we talked, we argued about the the virtues of the <clears throat> Big East versus the Big 12. I was very much, um, you know, pro the Big East for for certain reasons, which I still think those reasons are very heavy in this conversation, and that mm-hmm. is the cultural fit of the Big East. That is the uh, basketball first mentality of the Big East because they don't offer football in the league um, that keeps Gonzaga on equal footing with the rest of the, the members of the league. However, I will say that after sleeping on it, after spending the last 24 hours yes, going over yeah. this over and over and over again, looking at every single potential opportunity that exists in this expansion discussion, the Big 12 beats the Big East. There's just yes, no, and, and really, really what it all comes to 
and this this is a nod back to Tuck for bringing this up earlier. It is the fact that Brett Yormark has a basketball first mentality when it comes to running the Big 12. He recognizes the best part of the Big 12 is not football, but it's basketball. That that wooed me. I gotta say, like as soon as I heard you. that, that Brett's a me. Brett's a hooper, bro. Brett loves hoops. Brett wooed you. Brett uh, was like, you know, what'd be sick is if we just had the best conference in basketball, bar none, and had like ten programs that could legitimately be in the top twenty-five on a regular basis. That's pretty basically dope. Basically, he's saying that he wants football to fund the basketball league. Yeah, we love hoops here, and so does Brett. We're a Big Twelve podcast now. Tuck is sick right now, absolutely sick, because he doesn't want to have to spend his time talking to Midwesterners, but <laughs> Look, he doesn't want to have tortillas thrown on the field. No. Okay, so I'm a big city guy. I uh, I, I vibe with the big city. I I like the bright lights. I like the you just want to move to Philly. I want yeah. I want to I want to live in Brooklyn. I want to I want to eat dollar slices and and uh spend too much money for a 900 square foot apartment but way too much money way too much money and it hurts me because you're telling me that the better move is to uh, a conference uh littered with cities that would be like the lowest rung of mile points from a southwestern credit card to go to like they're like Oh, you need 9,000 more points to get to Miami, but how about you hang out in Lubbock? Just... Yeah. Tuck, tuck, oh. tuck, tuck. What's the vibe of Spokane, though, brother? Oh, Spokane. <laughs> Spokane is the Lubbock of the Northwest. Yeah, come on, Whoa, dog. Hold on. <laughs> no, it isn't. That's that Western Washington arrogance coming out of you, Josh Lincoln. Have you ever been to Lubbock? Do you think I've ever been to Lubbock? I've been to Lubbock. Have you, Austin? You, have. Oh, you like you Cincinnati, which also would be another city. <laughs> yeah, there okay. you go. Cincinnati and Houston. Tuck, you get Houston. Here's the thing. Okay. You get to fly to Houston every year. You get to, I get to listen stop to being DJ a vegan Screw. for a day. You get, get to, to be eat DJ Cajun. Cajun. Yeah. Be, uh, listen to DJ Screw. Uh, play my yeah. DJ Rashad. Uh, there's there's some nice gentlemen's clubs you could go to in Houston. You and James Harden. Gentlemen's clubs. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask James where where the joints are. You, um, James, and Rick Patino could be hanging out with the ladies of the night. I, I like right. that. I'm sold. I'm sold. I, you, like, I think like, I think Tuck Clary is on board. I think I'm he's a, here with us. I'm board. I am on board because, like, ultimately, you can't live in the past. John Thompson isn't walking through that door. He's not. R.I.P. Xavier Xavier ain't coming back. Not like it was. Seeing all that coming back like it was. You, Sorry, you hired a retread in Sean Miller. You hired a retread in Thad Mata. Like, I like Thad Mata, but come on. That conference is not on the way up. It's treading water. Yeah. I. They got Fanta. Yeah, here's the thing. If you're going to think with the old Big East mentality, the old Big Big East mentality, which is creativity, tough basketball, beauty, that's that's the Big 12 now. We're going to be in a conference with the best 
coach in college basketball. And no, I'm not talking about Scott Carew. I'm talking about Bill Self. Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball. Yes, he got slapped on the wrist, but he'll be back by the time Gonzaga goes down there. Well, hold up, hold up. He had the integrity to suspend himself for more games than Rick Pitino was suspended in college basketball. Rick Pitino was fired by his own school. He was, he was. However, Rick Bill Pitino Self never didn't got, say, hey, just give me a four-game punishment. Rick Pitino never got a show cause. There was no two-year ban. Rick Pitino might have been jettisoned off to Greece temporarily, but Bill Self, that that's a that's a man who thought first about he protecting... went up the recruiting trail. He stopped recruiting. That's right. Uh, like he put yeah. his hands Bill up. Self, said, Bill Self me. is Bill Self is a man of integrity. He did what had to be done, and thanks to that. Can I just say that the um. Oh, this is probably going to be bad. I, maybe I shouldn't say this. Uh, <laughs> oh, the coach, the coach, the lead assistant, I'm blanking on his name right now. I don't know if either one of you remember him. From Louisville? But, but I swear to God, I so I worked the Under Armour uh, event in July, and I swear to God that dude was there. He probably was. Well, he was not supposed to be there. Well. He said that they were pulled off of the recruiting trail. I'll just say a guy that looked very similar to him in a kind of very goofy old Kansas shirt. Hmm. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm like a guy. I'm I'm a second assistant and I'm wearing my nice snazzy like Nike polo like every hmm. other person. It was like, no, this guy is either very important and does not care what his appearance is or that guy's just a weird dude that's in a Kansas shirt just hanging out in the coaches section. It was one of the two, and I don't know that. I'll just say I'll just say that. Are there one in the I don't same? think the NCAA listens to this podcast, so we'll be okay. But yeah, I swear to God, that guy was there. Uh, in an episode where we are proclaiming our victory on being right, we are also making another bold assertion. You guys clearly want the Big Twelve. I want the Big 12. I'm hearing from other folks that the best move is the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about Look, the okay. correct response. <laughs> uh, okay, come, come on, come on. Like, I, I listen. I know what you're talking about. I think we all heard it earlier today. I... When I did these numbers, I pulled the Pac-12 numbers too. They're 20 points, 20 spots below the Big 12 in the Big East. That's uh, 20. That's Austin King's alma mater, Oregon State's fault. Well, yeah, I mean, Oregon State's not great. You filter out Oregon State. So listen. Who was higher in that Ken Palm ranking, Pacific or Oregon State? <laughs> no, no, no. Oregon State, Oregon State was not last in the Pac-12 for the last 10 years. Shut up. No, 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 no. way. Oh, was it Washington on. State? Oregon State was also not second to last no. in the Pac-12 for the no. last 10 years. No. That would be California, California second to last yeah. in Washington State. Oregon State. <laughs> Let's go, Beavs. That's right. Go, Beavs. Let's go, Beavs. That's like a championship, right? Like, come on, man. What were you doing? Oregon State won three games last year. 
<laughs> Oregon State was Caleb Brown and Ivan Rab played basketball within the window of what you were saying. Bonzo, baby. So, so California actually had the two lowest rankings in Ken Palm, or rather, two of the three lowest Ken, uh, rankings in Ken Palm during that 10 year span. The lowest was, in fact, Oregon State in 2017. They were 264. Wait, hold on. There was a 2017, they were worse than last year? Yes. They were 264 <laughs> in Ken Palm in 2017. Cal was 241st and 244th in 2018 and 2019. Do you know how hard it is to be a Power 5 conference in that bad? Yeah, it's extremely it's, difficult. It's <laughs> oh you God. you literally have to try not to be good at basketball. Like you have to not do anything on the recruiting trail. I don't I don't understand how teams do it, but I got to say, I'm extremely proud of your Beavers for not being last in the Pac-12 or second to last. Give us our flowers. Those are the GP2 and uh, Drew Eubanks years that really lifted the tide there. Yeah, I I, kudos. Shouts to the Thompsons. Wow, maybe we shouldn't fire Wayne Tinkle, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What, What year did Tinkle start? 2017 or 2018 Craig Thompson Craig Robinson Craig Thompson Craig Robinson was atrocious but yeah so yeah the, Craig, Rob- highest, Craig Bro- Robinson is probably like half the reason like people were radicalized against Barack Obama right yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, specifically seriously. his coaching <laughs> I mean that's literally the only thing that people knew him by was just that he was Michelle's brother the, the tinkle it. the tinkle years uh created three of the top four um rated highest rated Ken Palm years of the last 10 for Oregon State yeah so there you go okay so with the pac 12 obviously it ain't it you're you're I mean how much better is Oregon in terms of analytics? for you than St. Mary's is? That's a real question, I think. I don't think, I mean, obviously it's a bigger money earner. Obviously it has a bigger national footprint. Obviously, if you're talking outside of the painted lines on a basketball court, you choose Oregon. But in terms of like what the the goal is to win, like does St. Mary's not have a better resume the last five years than Oregon does honestly um so there's that and I can't trust Arizona staying I there's no way if if Arizona the basketball program stays as what it appears is going to stay as there's no way they don't get poached by another Arizona fans are not rooting for Arizona to stay in the Pac-12 Arizona fans are excited about potentially joining the Big 12 they're excited here in Tucson. So, so with all that being said, there is also chatter of is this necessarily the right move for Gonzaga? And the reason they ask this is because be be careful what you wish for. Be careful about going into a bigger pond. Uh, you're no longer guaranteed to be a one seed. Uh, Bob Huggins uh, said after uh, his practice today, he basically said. Hey, uh, they're up. They're they're in for a rude awakening. You know, there's no longer there's no longer that that buy into the tournament. There, you're no longer guaranteed be guaranteed to be a one seed because you 
had a good November and December. I'm interested in what you guys think because is a one seed necessarily a guarantee for tournament success? No, absolutely not. Um, one seeds are, one seeds generally only get to the final four like what? I think it's less than 50% of the time. 50% of the the you know the births into the final four. That's that's the highest number of any seed for sure of getting to the final four, but it's not a, a guaranteed thing at all. We see one seeds every year flame out in the sweet 16, elite eight. Like it's 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 or not unusual. Four. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that framing it as like, oh, Gonzaga might not do as well in the tournament now because they're going to a bigger conference is kind of want to dig at Gonzaga's program generally and like kind of bullshit. Um, but also like, I, I think it underrates the recruiting and money aspect of this and looking 10 to 15 years down the line, like it's important to get into a bigger conference so that when you are looking at your next coaches, the next coach, the next coach after that, where you are now playing in a major conference and you have lots of money and a history that that matters for hiring a bigger coach. Whereas if you're just still in the WCC, you're probably not going to attract the top level candidates um, and also increasing your recruiting bandwidth uh, in places that you can go in. And like, if you're going into Dallas and you're trying to recruit a kid and you can say, Hey, by the way, we're going to play four games uh, in this state near where you are like your family can go to those games that matters you're also going to play a tougher conference schedule while still playing i think a solid non-conference it won't be as good as it has been over the last five years because that's not a necessity anymore uh but that's going to prepare you for more for the tournament a hundred percent and it's going to get you types of players that you would not have had the ability to get and it's kind of funny too the the idea that like oh well now they're not going to do as well in March because isn't the whole point that everybody that's been a naysayer about Gonzaga and how they have to join a real conference is because they don't do well in March or they don't win it all because they don't play in a real conference? Yeah, it's it's a catch twenty two. Either you want it or you don't want it. And is Gonzaga going to lose more games in the Big Twelve than they lose in the WCC? Absolutely. Does that matter? Can you lose six or seven games in the Big 12 and still get a high, highly rated seed in the tournament and get a run to the Final Four? Absolutely. Teams do it all the time. And yeah, let's, let's see. How many losses did Kansas have last year? They lost six games. It's not like you can't lose over five games in the regular season and go and win a title. Baylor lost seven games last year Yeah, and, you know, was, was highly rated. I it's 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 interesting because I all the all of the negatives the travel is it's not like the travel has been easy in the WCC considering outside of Portland you're not incredibly close to anyone going to yeah UCF that that's gonna suck that that's a bummer figuring out figuring out transportation to UCF kind of a bummer sure, but, but you're doing that you're doing that once a year if right. that 
It might be once. Maybe every you're other. not. Yeah, maybe you're not doing a home and home. This, there's there. no way there's going to be a home and home schedule in the Big Twelve, especially if the Big Twelve is now you know 15, 16 yeah. teams. 16 this is what we teams. talked about with the Big East, which had well would have had twelve if it adds Gonzaga. That's an unbalanced schedule as well. Um, and you break it off into a West and East division, and you play most of your games uh, home and homes with the teams closest to you. Like it's yep. not. Is Gonzaga going to have to travel a lot to these games? Absolutely. Is everybody else in the conference going to have to travel to Gonzaga a lot? No, they'll have to do it once a year to go to Spokane, if even that. Like it's not this this the the whole travel mindset. Like oh, they're not in the the same footprint geographically. That's in 2022, we have these things. They're called aeroplanes, and you can get from one location to the other relatively easily, and it's not that big of a deal. We charter all our flights. They charter all their flights. Big whoop. We're going to get to play them, and that's a big deal for these players because they get to put their, their name, image, and likeness on a big national stage and earn some money, I which do- is what this is all about. I do look forward to like the people in Lubbock and the people of uh, Manhattan and uh, Lawrence, Kansas being like, yeah, have you ever done that Spokane trip? You ever see what those people are like? Just absolute lunatics. <laughs> they, they eat burgers that are called dicks and they, <laughs> they don't, they, they don't make tea sweet enough. They don't do it. And it's kind of does anywhere in Spokane sell sweet tea? Uh, low key an indictment on the Spokane comfort food uh, scene. Canned sweet tea, man. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But uh, what do we think? When will we need to talk about this again? You know, I I don't think an announcement's imminent, like we talked about with the Big East earlier this this year. Um, I don't know that it's even going to be the Big East 100%. I mean, rather the Big 12 100%. Uh, This thing is so fluid. Um, Fox, as we've been told, doesn't really care where Gonzaga ends up. They just want them in their catalog at this point. So, you know, it's it's either or. Um, And it's... It's TV that makes these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is exactly what Mark Few said. Gonzaga is going to examine every single aspect of this. They are going to run the numbers every way possible to make sure that the health of this athletic program is the utmost um, priority, period. Ken Pomeroy is going to create an algorithm for them. (laughs) yeah uh is gonzaga good well is anyone good that's what i've been saying recently like we all suck every team in the country sucks at this point we all lose or are poor in exhibition performances which is how we gauge college basketball performance now um not how you actually do in the season but what you do before the season even begins Hmm. we all suck we all suck but we're right while we suck. We are we are right, but we suck. And we're not tough, but we are skilled. So these are the truths. Can't wait that we for live Gonzaga by. to outskill teams all year, you know? With yeah. Zero toughness. 
And, you know, as soon as they get that big 12 Roman numeral business on them, you know, they're tough guys. A lot of yeah. moxie. A lot of. I think there's only one program that could join the big 12 and not be tough. And that would be the, the Brigham Young Cougars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How, how annoyed do you think Mark Pope was yesterday? Oh God. Mark, Mark literally went into his bedroom and put a pillow over his face and screamed. Absolutely. Just let it all out. Like he was so upset. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause like BYU goes from what? 14th to now 15th or maybe even 16th in the conference. 16th. It's, yeah. it's UCF and BYU vying every year for the worst team in the big 12 and by the way ucf has a way higher upside than byu does if they can get the right coach in there ucf's actually low-key like a little sleeper yeah ucf is the largest uh a largest alumni base in the nation they got got the bag at ucf absolutely all right so that's us reconvening, updating, telling us what you know. Um, we'll let you know as soon as you find out more, but know that we have known for seven and we were right. Thanks for listening. And uh, uh, what's the Big 12 slogan? (laughs) Let's Google. That's bad branding by the Big 12. We should know that. We watch enough sports. The only conferences slogan that I know off the top of my head is Pac-12 Conference of Every game matters. Every game matters. Especially the game of life. Mm Mm-hmm.